So with that, let's go to Christianity. Let's go to the Bible and learn some things about the Lord and His Word this morning. And today we will be in Proverbs chapter 7. And I'm going to do my best to uh, get through Proverbs 7 this morning. The title of our message is Stay on the Right Path. And again, uh, I think the Lord wants us to pay attention to a specific area in our lives as we come to another chapter warning us of the dangers of immorality and adultery in particular. This one has, this chapter has a little bit of a different take, or we can see uh, an emphasis here on the actions of the man and actions of a woman in this regard, and what we can be aware of uh, as an entire body of people, and how the Lord wants us to to act and to uh, be his representatives in this world. So we'll see advice for the man, the advances of the immoral woman, and the absolute consequences of bad decisions or the, the sure consequences that will take place when we engage in these kinds of activities. So we'll just jump right into it this morning. Advice for the man we see in the first uh, five verses of Proverbs 7 starts very familiar, should be familiar to us the way that this starts. By this time, Proverbs 7, 1, my son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live in my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your intimate friend that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters with her words. So what should we do? What's the number one way for uh, us men, women, really everyone? In this example, it's written to the man or the sons of uh, the son of Solomon. And he makes it very obvious, keep... Uh, Keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Uh, and so, uh, this is written from Solomon to his son, and he's doing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, this is, we should notice the, the emphasis on the word, the emphasis on these commands and immediately should show us the importance of God's Word and God's commands to us in keeping us from sin. And so it's very similar language to what we've seen. Keep my words, keep my commandments, treasure the commandments and teaching, all of these uh, same kinds of, uh, same sort of language that we've seen in the past. And eventually, or the implication of it is, is to love God's Word. And I'm not sure that there's been a time in the history of the world that, that it's been more important to love God's Word than it is today 
as we are living in a, in a society, living in a world that is openly opposed to God's word. As we saw in the news, supposed uh, ministers hiding Bibles in the, in, the, in the lounge and this kind of thing. That, that's no respect for, for God's word and people's right to be able to, to read it and this kind of thing. It, it's the exact opposite of that. And the Bible, the book of Proverbs, uh, common sense tells us that as believers, we need to love God's word. And we need to bind it to ourselves and write it on the tablet of our hearts. This is, this is a poetic way of saying to memorize the word. Psalm 119.9, David wrote that psalm, probably had his own children in his mind as he is writing that psalm. He says in Psalm 119.9, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word, with all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. We have to be in the word. If you expect to live the way God wants us to, he has chosen to communicate to us in his word, so we have to be in it. We have to know uh, what his word says. That, that's truly the only way to be able to bind it to our hearts and have it influence uh, our actions is to be in it and to know it, to understand uh, what it says. And in fact, as Solomon says here, to have a relationship with it. Verse 4, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your intimate friend. And so when he says sister, he doesn't mean a, a... female person born to the same mother. That's when he's saying sister, he has a different understanding of it. And it was very uh, common for a man to call his, uh, his wife an intimate relationship his sister in the ancient Near East. That's just kind of the way uh, that they did it. Uh, it was a common term for, for an intimate relation is was sister at the time similar to brother and sister in Christ same same kind of idea that we would have as Christians and you see that in in Song of Solomon another book that Solomon wrote uh Song of Solomon chapter 4 verse 9 you have made my heart beat faster my sister my bride you have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes with a single strand of your necklace. So just a way of uh, a term of endearment, if you will. And that's what he's using here in Proverbs. Verse 4, say to wisdom, you are my sister. I, I have an intimate relationship with, wis- with wisdom and call understanding your intimate friend. You have to mentally uh, be on the side of the Bible and the side of the truth. Uh, particularly when we are bombarded in this world 
today with everything that is against uh, the Bible and against the truth. And so, uh, what do we have there? Did I mess something up? No, I did not. Uh, Notice again in verse 5, sorry for going back and forth, uh, he says again that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters with her words. Again, another reminder that this is uh, written to the nation of Israel, to Israelites, and they're being warned about staying away from the foreigner that uh, you see the little uh, note there next to adulteress in verse 5, if you have the NASB, indicating that that, that word is actually the strange woman or foreigner. And the, the point was that God told the Israelite men to stay away from the foreign women because they're pagan. They don't believe the same things about God that you do as an Israelite. And you are going to be led astray by these women if you marry them. Flash forward 3,000 years later, and guess what? This still applies to us as Christians. We need to be very careful with who we are becoming uh, intimate with, let alone who we marry. You can rest assured that... uh, there is a very high likelihood that if you are married to an unbeliever or you are engaged to, to one or you uh, find yourself as a young person dating a lot of unbelievers, you are going to be influenced by them. That's just the way the world works. Uh, we can have kind of a misguided idea or have the idea that, oh, well, I'm, we're gonna, I'm working on that he's going to get saved later or she's going to get saved later. It's all going to be fine. And, uh, you know, I really like this person, so I'm just going to stay with him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, That's not the way things work out. We are, uh, I have it written down right here for you in my notes. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's just kind of a, that's standard. It doesn't normally work the other way. Uh, And so we need to be very careful. As God was warning the Israelites, you are going to be corrupted by the foreign women. You need to stay away from them. The same uh, holds very true for us in the world uh, today. We need to be very careful about these these sorts of of, uh, things. We'll move on. Verse 6 says, for, the window, for, for at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice and I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing through the street near her corner, and he takes the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. This guy is on the wrong path. His head is 100% in the wrong place. So God, uh, a very good advice giver, tells us what to do. 
treasure God's word, think about it, consider it, make it, memorize it, make it a part of who you are, Psalm 119. How do you keep yourself from sin? Keeping it according to God's word. You have to know what the word says and apply it to your life and be dedicated to it and live it if you really want to avoid sin. God also tells us what not to do. Don't be naive like this individual that the person in this uh, kind of metaphor or story is noticing. I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths. Notice that they're also youthful. Uh, There's another concept that is very big today and and has been uh, for quite some time and was, in fact, a always is a feature or an aspect of kind of despotic rule or revolution taking over uh, structures of society is a movement of the youth. So you wonder why the new churches are filled with young people? That's on purpose. It is a revolution to destroy the traditional church. Uh, The Chinese investigate the Chinese Communist Revolution. It was a youth-driven event. Just facts of history. You ever hear of the Hitler Youth? (laughs) Same, same kind of, same kind of idea. Why do politicians? Why are politicians very engaged in uh, attracting the youth? Have you seen Antifa members and these kinds of things? They're young. They're youthful. Solomon here says, don't act like the youthful person. Don't be naive. Don't do youthful things. Don't lack sense. Don't act without common sense. Timothy, or Paul, said very much the same thing to Timothy. Uh, If we get to the point where, when we get to the point, when we have a lot of uh, teenage people or high school people in our church. We we have some now, but uh, in the future, maybe we'll have a whole bunch more. Uh, I think this passage ought to be the uh, uh, theme verse of young people in general. 2 Timothy 2.20, Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Verse 22, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, and those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If only the youth groups of America would flee from youthful lusts instead of teaching kids how to act like kids, how about we teach them how to act like adults and how to live in society and not be naive, not lack sense, not strive after youthful things. Teach people how to live uh, dignified in Christian life and be a vessel for honor. That ought to be our goal. Notice also, that this individual that uh, the person is witnessing here, or Solomon is witnessing, uh, is in the wrong place at the wrong time for the wrong purpose. And it's purposeful. (laughs) 
don't do that. If, you're, if you have some area in your life that people, uh, it, it, where you go to a certain place at a certain time to commit sin, go the other way. Don't do that. Don't be there at that time. Don't go to that place at that particular time like this individual is doing. Uh, I, verse 8, passing through the street near her corner. This is where the lady is. Clearly he knows this. He's passing by that place. Don't go to that particular corner. He takes the way to her house. He knows where she lives. He passes by there. Don't do that. In the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. Uh, obviously, they're in the, wrong, in the wrong time as well. Don't do that. Avoid those things. If you know that uh, the computer after dark is your place of stumbling after everybody goes to bed, don't do that. <laughs> Avoid that. Not only avoid it, just don't do it. Stay with your wife. Stay uh, away from that kind of temptation and you'll find yourself not sinning uh, as much. Same thing here with this uh, individual. Don't be in the dark knowing that that's where people are committing the sin. Just don't put yourself in those positions. And it sounds, you know, oh, that's easy for you to say, standing up there uh, preaching to us, quote unquote. But I'm just giving you the facts. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Solomon is pointing out this person is going to their house, going to their street in the dark, and he's naive and youthful and lacking sense. So don't be naive. Don't don't be act like a youthful person. Uh, don't lack sense. Don't do those things. Nancy Reagan and her just say no uh, campaign for drugs. It, uh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> just don't take drugs, and and you won't take drugs. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Now uh, we get to some advice for. The immoral woman is what I titled it, but advice for women in general, uh, for all of us, is I'm not saying that we have a problem with uh, harlotry in our church or whatever, but nevertheless, we can, uh, we can take away some things just to be aware of what we may be doing uh, and to avoid it. Verse 10 says, and behold, a woman comes to meet him dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the squares and lurks by every corner. Uh, so she seizes him and kisses him. Notice, again, these are just some uh, observations of the text about this woman that we can take away and that the ladies and really the men as well can apply these kinds of things to their lives also to avoid sin, avoid uh, bringing people into sin and this kind of, this kind of thing. Uh, she is waiting and prepared to sin is a very clear takeaway from these verses. 
And that isn't the way that we ought to be as Christians, not just Christian ladies, but as Christians in general, we ought not to be waiting to sin or preparing ourselves to sin. Instead, we are to be preparing ourselves to serve God. Romans 6.15, what then, Paul says, shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? So in other words, you present yourself to God in obedience to him and to his word, what he is telling you. That is the key to living the Christian life, doing it presenting yourself to him, or you present yourself to sin and uh, in unrighteousness, and that's exactly what you're going to end up doing. Paul, the point is to present yourself to God as, as a person ready to serve him. Notice also that this immoral woman is dressed inappropriately. The second part of, uh, Verse 10 there, she's dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. You know, I'm I'm not going to stand up here and tell you exactly what you ought to be wearing as a woman, but uh, Paul makes an allusion to the kind of attitude that you ought to have in your dress and uh, the way that you carry yourself in general as a Christian woman. 1 Timothy 2.9, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modesty and dis- modestly and discreetly. And then he says, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments. Notice this, uh, verse 10, but rather by means of good works as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. So the point that Paul is making is, that you ought not to be completely focused and concentrated on your appearance. Instead, you ought to be clothing yourself with good works and devotion to God uh, is is the point. So he's not, uh, some will take this in kind of a wooden, literal interpretation uh, in other places in the Bible and set a list of do's and don'ts for the ladies and how they ought to dress uh, some churches and denominations, sects of Christianity, if you want to put it that way, have you know no makeup. Uh, you can't braid your hair. No pearls. No gold. This all of these kinds of uh, wooden interpretations of these things. When clearly he's making a point to the way that they ought to be acting. Now, should you be dressed modestly and discreetly? Well, I think that's pretty clear. You can define that, I think, for yourself and what that means and what, uh, how you see God uh, leading you in that direction. But nevertheless, you are to be clothed with good works as is proper for women, making a claim to godliness. That's what you ought to be about. Uh, harlots... Prostitutes on the street dress a certain way because that's what they're trying to project. That's what they want to project so that they can separate you from your money. Kind of like Hillsong. 
<laughs> and these other uh, churches. Just saying. Uh, we'll move on. <laughs> this woman is not interested in the home in spite of what the Bible says. And we're going to find out that she's married, that she's a married woman as we continue through this uh, proverb. She is married and she isn't interested in the home. She is uh, boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home, verse 11. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. The Bible tells us, and again, this is the beauty of verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible. This is very uncomfortable for me to tell the ladies how they ought to live, but it isn't me telling you. I'm just simply reading uh, what the Bible tells us and what we ought to be interested in. 1 Timothy 5.6 says of this kind of woman, uh, but she... Paul says, but she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. That, that is the definition of, or a very clear description of this woman. She is interested in wanton pleasure, and she's dead even uh, while she lives. And so t- Paul gives advice to these kinds of women. It, don't be interested in that. And, oh, by the way, verse 13 of 1 Timothy 5, at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house. Not in their own house. They're going around from house to house and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. (laughs) Therefore, I want younger widows to get married, bear children, Keep house and give the enemy no occasion for reproach, for some have already turned aside to follow Satan. That's, that's the end, end result. Uh, Paul didn't just tell Timothy these things. He also said it to Titus. Titus 2, verses 3 through 5. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. And there is nothing that is more offensive to 21st century American women and men, for that matter, than reading these kinds of things, describing different roles for men and women in society. And uh, that's because uh, 21st century America hates the Bible, hates God, if we can just put it that way, and is in absolute rebellion against the truth of God's word. And God has designated, in fact, I would be so bold as to claim that he has created men and women with, in such a way that we are suited to fulfill the roles that he has given to us in his word that Paul describes to Timothy and Titus. Men are to be working. Uh, and in before the 21st century, the majority of men worked with their hands to, to provide for their families to be able to live. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but men 
are about 99% of the time bigger and stronger and have more endurance and these kinds of things to be able to do physical labor than 99.9% of women. Women, on the other hand, are created in such a way that they can cook dinner, clean the house, change a diaper, take care of a screaming kid, uh, and do all of this at the same time without murdering someone. And 99% of men uh, can't do that unless they've been conditioned to be able to handle those sorts of things. That's the way that we are made. And uh, it's a beautiful thing when uh, people are fulfilling their, their roles that they have been given, sort of like an orchestra. When the violins are playing the violins and in a, everybody is playing their instrument correctly under the, the auspice of the conductor, it sounds wonderful. But if the violins started playing the flutes and the flutes were on the drums and the drums were on the cello, it wouldn't sound quite as good. It, there would be confusion. There's a lot of confusion in our world today. So notice also uh, some of the other actions of this woman. Verse 13, she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings today. I have made, paid my vows, therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with Colored linens of Egypt, I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. This woman is very forward and brazen, to say the least. There is some uh, dispute when you read the commentaries about exactly what she means when she says that she is uh, she's delivered her offerings, paid her vows. She's kind of done her, her religion for the day, if you will. Uh, there, there is a very strong likelihood that this woman is a foreigner, as that's uh, in the sense of Israel. She's not an Israelite. She's not Jewish. Uh, and that would be the implication, since that's what Solomon is warning about avoiding. And so there's some dispute about what exactly she means. It could, she could be stating that she's rich, ritually pure. And for the Israelites, that meant that she wasn't menstruating, to be kind of forward about it. That's essentially what she's saying. So you can, uh, we all understand what that means. Or she's got this meal to share that she has gone to the, uh, to the temple, to the pagan temple, and she's coming back with a meal to share, and she's ready to do it uh, with this individual. First Peter uh, 4 gives us an indication of how we ought to avoid this sort of thing. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excess 
of dissipation and they malign you, but they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So, yeah, she wants him to participate in these pagan rituals with her. And the, uh, the pagan rituals were all about ending up in sexual immorality. Again, God warning the Israelite men, don't do that. Don't get involved with this woman. She's going to, to bring you into idolatry. And it's also very clear from the following verses when she's describing how she's prepared her, the bed in her room and all of these kinds of things that she spent the day preparing to sin. And of course, we ought not to do that. Uh, she should be preparing herself for her husband, as is described in the Song of Solomon, verses uh, chapter 4, 13 through 16. It describes very similar things that the woman is doing for her husband. This woman is doing it for someone else. And like we saw in for the, the young man, that he is... Uh, Verse 9, in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness, uh, this woman is doing the same thing. Verse 18, come, let us drink our fill of love until the morning. In other words, we're going to sin at night, and we need to be avoiding that kind of thing, particularly in the times in which we are living. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. Romans 13, 12. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. Uh, that encapsulates uh, the advice for the man and the, the takeaway for the women. You know, we can learn negative from negative examples. This woman that is described here is a perfect negative example. Don't do anything that she that she is doing, because the night is almost gone. In other words, the Lord is almost here. Notice verse 19, she's uh, deceitful as well in her, in not just her actions, but in her speaking. She says, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and the full moon. At the full moon, he will come home with her many persuasions. She entices him with her flattering lips. She seduces him. She falsely reassures this individual, this man, you know, oh, it's going to be fine. You're not going to get caught, in other words. Uh, and that is a, is a fool's errand to run on. Uh, as we've seen, be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, Moses warned some of the Israelites about, after all, God is the God who sees, Genesis 16, 13, even Hagar realized that, pagan woman, if you'll remember, the mother of Ishmael. Uh, not Ishmael. Now my mind is completely blank. Uh, Genesis sixteen thirteen. then she, yes, Ishmael. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, 
You are a God who sees. For she said, have I even remained alive here after seeing him? How have I even remained alive after seeing him? Uh, If you'll remember, she's in the desert with her son. She's about to die. God sees her and helps her. God sees all. Genesis 31, or Job 31, 5 through 6. So when she uh, reassures this young man that, oh, don't worry, we're not going to get caught. My husband's gone. Uh, Don't believe that. She uses her home for sin instead of a place for for God and drawing closer to him as we as we should. Our homes should be a a place of uh, growing closer to God, not being used for sin. Psalm 101 says, I will sing of the loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. If you have a problem struggling with sin in your house, I encourage you to memorize Psalm 101. I, uh, I, verse 3, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Verse 4, a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. Psalm 101 says, don't use your home for sin. Use it to grow closer to the Lord. And notice also that this woman is leading other people into sin. That's exactly what Satan did. That's why her uh, her actions, her behavior, her attitude is so, it ought to be at least, so offensive to us because this is exactly the same thing that Satan did in the garden. And so that's why also Jesus is kind of so hard on those who are leading children into sin. You are leading another person into sin. This is literally what Satan did, you are acting like Satan rather than acting like God if you're leading other people into sin. And I wish that our society was much more familiar with Matthew 18, verses 5 through 6, especially in light of the kinds of things that we see going on with children and the immorality that they are exposed to. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 5, And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. And the implication is, rather than to face the consequences that they are going to face in the future. And I guess that's about all that we need to say about that. Uh, And notice also that here, this passage, this chapter or proverb ends again with the consequences of these kinds of actions. Notice verse 22, suddenly he follows her 
as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool until an arrow pierces through his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare, she does not know that it will cost him, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Now therefore, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many are the victims she has cast down and numerous are all her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. He follows her like a senseless animal, is uh, what it means when he goes like an ox to the slaughter. First uh, Thessalonians 5, verses 7 through 11 kind of describe the same thing. We will... You can read that one on your own time. <laughs> it could cost you your life. Notice the uh, he goes until the, the, the arrow pierces his liver. Uh, it says there, uh, this is very reminiscent of Proverbs 6, verses 34 and 35. When the husband finds out, and he, in spite of what the, uh, the wife says, he's going to know, in uh, Proverbs 6 ended this way, for jealousy enrages a man and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom, nor will he be satisfied, though you give many gifts. Uh, you're very likely to die if you engage in this kind of behavior. Spiritually, uh, it's not very likely that your spiritual life is going to be dead, separated from God, separated from your purpose as a Christian. It's a guarantee that if you're living this way, you will be spiritually separated from God uh, in your daily life. I'm not saying that if you are a Christian and you've committed adultery or you're engaged in some kind of sin that you're no longer a Christian. I'm saying that your fellowship with God is non-existent in spite of what you uh, tell yourself or try to convince yourself you are in no fellowship with God if you're living in this kind of way. But thanks be to God, we can confess our sins to him and he's faithful and just and he will forgive you and you can restore uh, fellowship with him. And so how can we uh, avoid Sin, how can we uh, avoid these consequences that uh, are very obvious? Verse 25, or verse 24, listen to me, pay attention to the words of my mouth. Listen to the word, pay attention to to the words that we are seeing here. Pay attention to that conviction of the Holy Spirit when you get nervous and you have this feeling, I shouldn't be doing this. Pay attention to that. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you uh, of what you're about to do. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Just say no. (laughs) That's uh, in 1980s uh, parlance. That's what that says. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, for many are the victims she has cast down. This isn't something new. We're not living in a unique time in the 21st century in regards to immorality. It's always been that way. This was written 3,000 years ago. People are people. 
And so we can avoid it the same way that God is telling us to here. We can avoid these consequences by loving God's word, memorizing it, applying it to our lives, paying attention to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we as believers have. You can guard your heart, set up barriers, don't go to the places where sin is happening, wherever that is for you, avoid those things and control your actions. You're not an ox that's being led to slaughter. You are, you're a human being. Uh, you're a believer in Christ. You have his word. You have the Holy Spirit. Uh, and you can control your thoughts and your actions and do it in accordance with his word. And you will find yourself staying on the right path more and more as each day goes by. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this ancient text that is still so applicable to our lives. I just pray that you would be with us in this time where we are, uh, it can seem overwhelmingly surrounded by immorality at every turn. And I just pray that you would comfort us, that you would make your presence known to us as believers. Your Holy Spirit is inside of us. We have your word. And I just pray that we would uh, moment by moment of our lives depend upon these tools that we have to, to live in a way that is pleasing to you. And we will give you all of the praise and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.